the week of July 20th, 2015, this is Multi New Media. Hi everyone, I'm Chase Raz, and we're going to cut directly to the content today, so I'm going to disappear for a few seconds, and when I come back, I will have Chris Ayers with me, and we are going to be discussing Windows 10. Hi, everybody. I'm back, and with me is Chris Ayers. Chris, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Chase. How about you? Good. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, I, you know, keep taking uh, multiple breaks on this show for some reason, just planning everything out and seeing how uh, how things are doing along the way, but it's, it's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting things on the way, you know, a lot of new technologies about to release, and... Uh, one of them is Windows 10. Yeah, Windows 10, the one we're talking about today. And um, you said you're using Windows 10 on one device, two device. How often are you using Windows 10? Um, I use Windows 10 every day. I'm on the uh, Windows 10 preview program. I, I installed it on my Surface Pro 3. Um, I'm on. So for people who haven't uh, been in the preview program or, or elected to join, uh, you, you download a a pre-release build of Windows 10 and you upgrade you know your Windows 7 or Windows 8 machine to Windows 10 and it now runs that but because it's a preview it's probably not optimized for battery for performance or anything like that it's you know it, and there's two different rings there's a fast ring and a slow ring so the fast ring might have a new build every day or a build every week or multiple builds a week and the slow build is the more stable version that is uh, you know uh, well, for, just for enthusiasts who may not be IT experts or really know how to fix their computer or navigate around a problem maybe right right it's going to be less buggy and more stable and just better for the like release candidates so I've been having new builds every week uh, today they released a new build for both the fast and slow ring and from what we hear, this is probably the RTM release, the release to manufacturing release. Right, so this so is probably as close to the final build of Windows 10 as you can get without having the July 29th Windows 10 build. And that's a good point because we're recording back on uh, July 15th, and uh, we should be clear about this as well. So Windows 10 is going to begin its rollout on July what 29th? Yes. Uh, everybody would like Windows 8, and I think Windows 7, they... they they did something, and there's a little Windows 10 uh, symbol in your taskbar. Well, you know, not on everybody's. Not on everybody's. We know that for most devices, it's there. Um, if you're running a Surface Pro 2 or an original Surface Pro and a couple of devices, I think, think from HP and Dell, you still may not be seeing those. But most folks have a little Windows icon in their notification center at the lower right-hand side of the taskbar. And it gives you information on how to quote unquote reserve your copy of Windows 10, but uh, we should we should put a little bit of pause in here for folks because uh, you know if you sign up for this or if you have signed up for it already in the taskbar, don't expect that you'll be live and ready to go on on July 29th. Uh, the folks who are going to get it first are the people who are already in 
the preview program. So folks like you, Chris, who are already running Windows 10, and from what I understand, about 15 days out, 14 days out now, whatever, uh, Microsoft, from what I understand, and I haven't confirmed this, but there's, they've supposedly stopped the ISO downloads. So you can't jump in and begin this program now. Right. They, so the slow ring, every time they released a new build to the slow ring, they were releasing ISO builds specifically so that you could wipe your machine and do a full, you know, clean install if you wanted so that you could start from scratch instead of doing the upgrade. Right. And I can actually verify that now. I just did check my Windows Insider account. I used to be running uh, a previous build of Windows 10. I stopped running the previews about a month or two ago, I'd say, maybe two months ago, um, just because I was inundated with work and really needed to be in a stable environment for a while. But uh, when you take a look at the Windows Insider program from now until at least July 29th when the full rollout happens, um, the option to get started with a desktop computer is now grayed out. So if you don't have an existing ISO, it doesn't look like you're going to be able to download one just so you can get to the front of the line. Yeah. Um, that, I, I've been using it. It uh, There's definitely been some improvements to Windows 8, and there's been some frustrations on my part, I think. So Probably you, because you were coming from Windows 8 on a Surface Pro 3, right? Uh, running Windows 8 on a Surface Pro 3, I have 8.1 on my main desktop, and I had 8.1 on my Surface. It's now running 10. So, but is <sighs> is your desktop running 10 as well? No, it's running 8.1 still. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm planning on probably doing a full backup and a wipe and a full reinstall. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do a full... Um, there have been a few it, questions about that, right? If they're going to allow an ISO download from start for fresh install, or if you have to upgrade and then reinstall. And I'm not sure if that one's been answered yet. Um, maybe you know, but I don't know if that's been answered yet. No, I had not heard. I do think the last thing I read was that you had to do the upgrade, and then once you were in Windows 10, you could wipe it and reinstall from scratch again but I hate multi-hour yeah that's that's where I'm at with that I I do know that I'm going to be transitioning to a a solid state hard drive on my production PC which I'm still using old mechanical drives right but um shoot me now (laughs) yeah sorry Uh, I, I, I upgraded my main desktop to a solid state a while ago and my surface is on a solid state I, yeah, I don't know why I haven't. Uh, my Surface, of course, is solid state. Uh, all of them are. And the desktop, though, I just upgraded parts of this thing earlier this year, and I don't know why I didn't do that then. The uh, the wake-up so, process but, takes forever. So, um, like my MacBook Pro, I installed Boot Camp on it, and I booted Windows 8 straight on it. So, uh, from Windows, a reboot back to the Windows desktop would take about 15 seconds from shut down to power back up to I'm on my desktop ready to do stuff within right. 15 seconds on my MacBook Pro. Um, my desktop at home, um, I've got a bunch of stuff. I've got a bunch of extra hard drives and things. It takes about 20 seconds to, to reboot and come back up. Right. Um, my work laptop, so I started a new job in May. Uh, they gave me a laptop that did not have a solid state drive. Oh, you poor man. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> compiling is slow. Uh, when I'm writing code, uh, loading applications, uh, debugging logs, um, rebooting, I just go get coffee. It, 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 
Wow. Yeah. I, I do not understand how people can live without solid state. Well, there's, you know, there's that price point. Some people are, are priced out of it and, and luckily we're, we're not priced out of it, but, um, that doesn't mean I've upgraded everything I own to it. And, uh, some, some of that is priced though. I just haven't wanted to pay for it or I would rather prioritize, um, something else over that. Uh, Uh, There was an Amazon zeal today that had a, I think a crucial, a crucial 512 solid state for like 150 bucks. And I missed a, you know, by the way, since we're recording on July 15th, just so everyone knows, that's why we're talking about today more than the release date so much. Uh, but today is Prime Day, so happy Prime Day, um, you know, for, for uh, us, everyone else listening. It's it's too late for them. You know, I'm, Another artificially generated holiday. Yeah. Well, the reports are saying it's not doing too well. But honestly, I, I, I was watching it parts of the day, and it picked up around 4 uh, p.m. when people so, started getting off work, Eastern time. Well, I have a, a bone to pick with them. I, I'm I'm quite annoyed because um, I did buy one or two things earlier. But, you know, about 8 o'clock, 8.40, there were two items I wanted. Uh, Razer makes some great gaming products. And they had a Razer Naga mouse and mm-hmm. a Razer Tartarus, which is a, uh, a gaming pad. It, it, it's it got like 15 keys. So it's, it's for nice. like your left hand. Yeah. Yeah. They like had those. both of those. About to go on sale at 8:40, so I had Amazon up. I see the two items in the list. 8:40 hits. It switches to the add to cart button. I click it. 100% of them have been claimed. And you're on the wait list. And I'm now on the wait list. Yeah, I'm like, on the wait the list for a couple of things. The second it's available, they're all sold. Well, they probably only have five of them or something. You know, it's it, it it's still frustrates me. Pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, okay, but but back onto the topic, I guess Windows 10. Yeah. Um, what are the? There are two highlights I think I really see with Windows 10. Universal apps being one, and um, Continuum being another. But I'll save Continuum for a little bit later. Notice I'm not mentioning the Start menu. I think it's big that it's coming back, but I don't think it's that big. I think it's just convenient. But Universal apps are really my first big issue. What What would you prioritize? What are What are your big topics when it comes to Windows 10? And what's your early early uh, sentiment after using the preview builds? So my version of Windows 10 or the items that Microsoft is pushing for Windows 10? Um, (laughs) Let's start with the reality of where we're at now, but keep in mind, in just a a few short days, actually a couple of weeks, this will be available to everybody with those features supposedly rolled out complete, except for Continuum. So everything you kind of knew about Windows 8, you can kind of forget. And some people are applauding that, right? Correct. Um, I actually started getting used to Windows 8. The start and search, that is not that big of a change. Windows 7 had a search bar in its start menu. And I, I know a number of people that would navigate the folders, like with the Windows XP, they would hit start and all programs and accessories and calculator or whatever. Oh, we need to put those people in a training class. I quickly with Windows 7 and Vista might have had it too, but Windows 7 and Windows 8, hit the start key, type C-A-L-C, calc. First one in the list is usually calculator, enter. I'm running it. I don't have to navigate with my mouse through this crazy chain of don't go too far up or down. The thing's there. Um, Windows 10 preserves that. So for me, that's a use case I use. Did like Windows it. 7 have the option to put that search in the taskbar like it is in Windows 10? The the search was 
in the taskbar in it was in uh, the start menu at the very bottom of the start menu yeah you you could add it to the taskbar but what is in the taskbar in windows 10 now is cortana so they've taken Ah, their version of siri and put her in windows 10 and um it, it, uh, my interactions with Siri have been okay. Uh, it, it's kind of a combination of Google Now and Siri. Like when it comes up, it shows you news and weather. And oh, really? And I love Cortana, but then again, I'm a Windows Phone user, so right. I have a different experience with her most of the time. The the Start menu works fine. They've 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 got on the left hand side like frequently used. Uh, most used applications, recently added applications, and then they have the tiles that were from the start menu in Windows 8. Um, well, but more and, than the walkthrough, what I mean, are are you feeling any excitement about this? Do you think that this is sort of the answer to Windows 8, how Windows 7 was the answer to Vista? Right, this this, this kind of unifies it, yeah. Okay. Um, all the full screen apps and the modern you know, is what they call the old Metro stuff. All the modern apps that were full screen kind of in this whole separate sandbox. Well, remember, now Metro run, is now called Universal. Right. <laughs> They're now called Universal apps. They they run just like any other app. So you can maximize it, minimize it. You can uh, put it on one side or the other side. They work fine. And that makes My, me so happy. It should have been that way to start with. But then again, right, we could talk shoulda, coulda, woulda all day, I guess. Well, then here comes my annoyance. Okay. So, with the modern apps in Windows 8, um, you could hit Windows C or swipe in from the right-hand side to bring up the Charms menu, and there you would go to Settings. Yes. Or you could swipe in from the right and do, um, uh, you know, Wi-Fi and stuff. So they, they've kind of changed that. When you swipe in from the right now on a touchscreen device, uh, there's an Action Center, which, yes. which is fine. It's your notification area. So you see like recent emails, maybe Facebook posts, and at the bottom they have a whole bunch of buttons that you can enable or disable, mm-hmm. um, like rotating your screen or going to settings or airplane mode stuff like, like you that. mentioned before. Wi-Fi it's much more like a mobile interface, and they did take that. By the way, they did take that interface from Windows Phone, so it's basically yeah. the Windows Phone interface for notifications turned upside down and uh, made a part of the taskbar. Yeah, well I. I actually kind of missed the charms bar a little bit in some ways. Oh, no, because, really? Because I'm running a universal app, and not all of them are very intuitive on where the settings are because they were designed to not show the settings on the app. They were designed to show the settings in the charms bar. So you run this big app. You're, you're you know, one of the universal apps. You try to get to settings. It's not very obvious where it is. In the... I, in I swipe previews. it from the right, or I try to do the thing I did on Windows 8. But you can still get to them, right? In the preview I ran, and this, remember, was a couple of months ago, yeah. they had an ellipsis, the three dots up in the upper left, and you could click that, and it would give you all of your charms options, like devices and share and settings. Do they do that in the in the more recent builds? Well, so... It varies by app. Oh. That's what I'm getting at. That's going to be problematic for a lot of people who are entrenched in the metro environment. But for everyone else, I mean, good riddance because most people, uh, let's be honest, most people don't even know how to navigate to program settings. And uh, I'm going to include myself in that because even though I know how to, I forget that that's where they are time after time again, even though I do use the charms bar to get to the start screen. Uh, And then, so... That's one of my annoyances because I 
when I learned Windows 8, I kind of learned the Windows 8 way, and I just I, I was comfortable right with it. Like I'm one of the people I think that kind of got Windows 8, and I was I was actually okay with it. Um, and I did understand the complaints from Windows XP and Windows 7 users, but I understood what they were trying to do. So with Windows 10, though, like when you bring up the Start menu. You know, before you could say all apps on Windows 8, and it would be this full screen thing, and you would see all the tiles and all the applications, and it'd be this huge list. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say all apps, there's just this huge list on the left hand side that you can only scroll vertically that shows the Windows desktop installed applications and the universal apps. It shows them all integrated. It shows them all integrated, but it's just like a big list. And the Windows desktop ones all show up inside of folders. Like, um, the Skype. Well, that's how right. That's how Windows Seven and Windows right. Vista before that were. I imagine they'll do some more innovation after Windows Ten launches yeah. there because that is a very excuse it, the pun. It's a very Spartan start menu. I know that was the code name for their new Edge browser, but it is a very Spartan basic start yeah. menu in terms of navigating directory wise. It's made I, very much made I, for I, search. I'm being nitpicky here, so I, I mean, I, I fully realize that. Well, of course, um, we have to be. It's, we're talking about a new operating system, and uh, nitpicky is what uh, what helps people feel they're not alone. So one of the things that is nice is, um, so I have a Surface Pro and I have a Type keyboard. When I have the Type keyboard connected, it acts like Windows, like normal desktop Windows. If I fold the keyboard around behind it or if I um, disconnect the keyboard, a little pop-up shows up in the corner asking if I want to switch to tablet mode. And if you say yes, tablet mode kind of puts it back to uh, Windows 8. Right, like and the universal The universal apps are full screen. There's no menu bars. Like and that's top. part of that continuum um, right. uh, topic that we were talking about before, which actually serves two purposes. Um, the first one is... Uh, like you're saying, if you switch back and forth between uh, form factors in a two-in-one or a hybrid, that the device will intuitively know that you're doing that and give the best possible interface for doing that or what it believes. You can you can change that. You can change that behavior if you want. But the other thing is going from phone, if you plug a phone, a Windows 10 phone, which none are out yet and none are, uh, it doesn't seem like any are going to be out until at least September, October-ish. Uh, in the time frame scale here in 2015, but the idea is you could plug your wirelessly or plug, uh, take your Windows 10 phone, uh, connect it with a monitor, keyboard, and mouse, and then that phone would project up to the screen, but not just project, it would actually emulate being a computer and having a desktop. And so Continuum does a couple of things, but it's really this bridge between device uh, devices and platforms and, and um, device types. But... Um, how how are you responding to Continuum working with your tablet right now? Um, it seems to work fine. Like um, my annoyances are when I'm running a desktop application, and I like a normal Windows Seven, Windows XP type desktop application that's not been modernized and universalized. It's just a normal Windows application. Right. When I turn the keyboard around and go into tablet mode, it seems to be okay, but when I hit the start menu and switch between apps or, or try to interact with the OS, it it's almost hesitant to run any of the older applications or 
it, it doesn't make it easy sometimes to to do some stuff with them. Like it it really wants to run universal apps. It wants to run the the modern metro apps. It doesn't want you to run older stuff. Hmm. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Right. So it's really leaning towards running universal apps. Right. I mean, you can, and it it, it does work. And you know, you you can tap the little maximize button and you you can click in text boxes and click buttons and navigate through it and that works fine um it this it's fast uh i have had no real issues i've had one or two problems with the like earlier dev builds when it was going to sleep and it woke back up but uh for the most part the os is great some of the new features they brought well i'm also in the preview program on the xbox mm-hmm. uh xbox one uh, they introduced streaming. So I can turn on my Xbox One and run a new uh, beta Xbox application on my Surface and pretty much stream my th- Xbox One to my Surface. And that's plug, really nice. I plug a controller in in my office and I can play... So you plug the controller into your Surface? Yes, and oh, I play Xbox really nice. One games from my xbox one in the living room can your xbox one then still be used to say watch tv by somebody out in the living room no it oh that's it's it's mirrored oh well that kind of defeats a little bit of the purpose but i do see why that can be valuable i mean if you are going for the entertainment box that xbox one is supposed to be it would really be nice to still be able to watch tv or watch netflix or something while that streaming is occurring but you know you can't uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too, I guess. Um, some of the other, uh, something else that just occurred to me. Um, when you play games on the Surface or in Windows 10, they now have a new game menu and game overlay. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Um, See, I, I haven't heard that, and I'm a little concerned about that because the first thing that came to mind was Media Center. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like that. Um, so. Which, by the way, remember, Media Center is dead for Windows yep. 10. It will not. Uh, maybe you can maybe you can make it run on Windows 10, but they will not let you download it for Windows 10. It, it's not supposed to run on Windows 10. And frankly, that code is so old, don't even bother. Just find another solution. But anyway, well, as you were saying. Well, they never had the adoption rates on the Windows Media Center, and the 360 was supposed to be the extender that, you know, brought the entertainment scissor together with your computer and that never really took off i mean some people used it quite a few people um used it a lot but um they introduced it with windows 8.1 and it was weird because you had to go to the like a microsoft site and buy it for like 10 or 15 dollars to get a product key that you would enter into windows and it would then unlock media center yeah i'm just gonna let that one die so, so, okay, this game yeah. overlay is not like Media Center. No. So, um, my Surface, actually, I, I play a lot of different games on it. It works fine. I play Borderlands. Um, a lot of the stuff's low settings because it only has an Intel-integrated graphics. Um, I play Diablo. But when you fire up Diablo or when you fire up Borderlands, um, right when the game starts, towards the bottom part of the screen, maybe like an inch tall, like two or three inches wide, um, it brings up this game menu. And it's like, uh, you can press Windows G to bring this up, and you can record your game. You can... So you know, some, do a couple some Xbox DVR functionality style right. stuff. Right. You, 
you can do like the Xbox DVR stuff. I think you can um, take a screenshot. Um, you know, just some little basic things. Kind of seems like a really advanced form of what Steam has, where you know behind the scenes you can kind of pause your game and pull up a browser um, and this that and the other. Other way around. This is a super basic thing. <laughs> Steam's is much more advanced and awesome. This is very basic. But they Steam, might... Steam have DVR functionality? Um, you can take screenshots and stuff real easy. Oh, okay. Through Steam and... Yeah, I don't... I don't I listen, Look at the on. achievements you're working on in When Steam. we talk about video games, and I, I pick on myself Fight frequently friends. about this, on the computer, it's all city simulations, right? I'm on City Skylines right now. That is an amazing game. And when it comes to the Xbox, I'm watching TV or watching Netflix or Amazon Instant Video or something. And the most common game that I play on the Xbox is probably Peggle. Oh, I, th- I thought you'd be playing like Tropico 4, Tropico I, 5. I, I play a hell of a lot of Tropico too. But, um, you just not- want to be a dictator, admit it. I do want to be a dictator, right? I'm building the cities. I'm playing <laughs> Tropico. Uh, Don't we all? Peggle, Peggle's a little bit fun because you get to be all these weird characters and hit a... It's, it, you know, it's casino, arcade style. It's, it's pachinko. Yeah, it's like you're sitting at a bar getting hammered and have nothing better to do, so you pe- keep popping quarters into the stupid machine. Or dollars now, right? Um, well, they just did a beta for World of Tanks on Xbox One, and there's the free-to-play Neverwinter uh, RPG. Yeah, but do they have a god above. mode? Hmm? Do they have a god mode? Can I play God in it? <laughs> um, you can get banned. I, I don't know. Oh. Well, let's take a quick break, and then after the break, we'll come back and talk about what we think Windows 10 is going to mean for the Windows ecosystem and uh, branch out a little bit from where we're at now. Okay. So we're back, and now we're talking about Windows 10 and specifically its impact on the Windows ecosystem. So now we're talking phone, tablets, HoloLens, which, uh, of course, uh, we're eagerly anticipating, uh, all of these types of devices. So, Chris, let me hand it to you first. What do you think the impact of Windows 10 is going to be? Uh, Well, um, I don't know if you're aware, but Last week, Microsoft announced that they were laying off a large number of people. 7,000 some odd. Most of them still in manufacturing. Most of them still in manufacturing. And um, one thing is anyone who hasn't read uh, Mary Jo Foley's, she's a a famous Microsoft follower. Uh, She works for ZDNet and uh, has one of the more famous Microsoft news and blog sites. Mary Jo Foley got 30 minutes with uh, CEO Satya Nadella behind the scenes after, um, oh, what was the presentation he was just giving? I, I pre- CES? No. It was one of Microsoft's internal, one of their, oh, their oh, Partners built. Conference. No, Partners Conference. Uh, 
Oh, okay. And so she got 30 minutes right after he gave his keynote speech there. And he laid a couple of bombshells when it comes to Windows Phone, but not the ones people were expecting. Everyone's been thinking Windows Phone is going to be shut down. They're laying off all those Nokia folks and other people around it. What he said was, he reiterated first what he said before, of, I'm not going to be the CEO that releases a phone a day. I just won't do it. So that's why even Elop got let go. That's why Nokia, uh, the, or the parts of Nokia that were purchased were shaken up, the Lumia uh, devices. But he also sent another really big bombshell in favor of Windows Phone, and that was his acknowledgement that the decision to make Windows 10 free, to upgrade to Windows 10 from Windows 7 or Windows 8 for free, was because of phone. And it's well, kind of mind-boggling, but have, have you have you uh, had the chance to read that interview? I have not read the interview, and to be fair, the upgrade to Windows 10 for free for valid Windows 7 and Windows 8 copies is probably only going to last one year. Right, one year. That's what they've said. Yeah. I, there's some speculation, even from inside Microsoft, uh, from what we hear, that that may be extended. But yeah, one year is what we have right now for valid upgrades from 7 and 8. But it's this concept of what Satya Nadella was saying is, all right, we know we can't go head-to-head in the mobile space. We'd be Microsoft would be stupid to think that they can right now. There are certain platforms that Microsoft excels at, Windows, Azure, and Office. And the whole pitch here seems to be that with something like a billion and a half Windows devices in the world right now, maybe even more, but at least a billion to a billion and a half internet-connected Windows devices, the pull is you're going to make an application run on Windows anyway. Why not make it a universal app, and then you're automatically into Xbox and phone as well. And that whole decision to make Windows... 10, even for desktop and laptop and tablets free, was that push to say, by the way, now developers are going to make an application and bam, we've got them on the phone as well. I think they had to do it, to be honest. Um, 3% global market share. Pretty weak. They, I agree. By the number, they have 3% global market share. And to be honest, the Xbox One is a fine device, but... At the point PS4 was selling, what, 25, had sold 25 million devices, I think Xbox was in the 12 millions. It was pretty rough. Right. So PS4 has outsold them, like, twofold. Um, so, and, and part of that reason, just as a gamer, is most games that come out on Xbox One are 900p. Most games that come out on uh, PS4 are 1080p. So you and, have, and yeah, but that's a gamer thing. I mean, you can't say yeah, that only right. gamers have an Xbox One. No, or a I'm PS4. not. I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying as a gamer, right? My decision to buy multi-platform games on PS4 from time to time is based solely on I want it to look better, possibly. Valid point. Uh, right. Um, in the past, like 360 wise, Xbox Live was the best network as far as connecting with people, playing games with people, and chatting with them. It just was easier and better and more robust. So they and they really had to do this. It was it was basically a excuse me right. here, but it was a shit or get off the pot situation, right? right? So so um, yeah, that's that's the scenario I'm laying out. They're on their Windows side or on their phone side, they're struggling with three percent. On the gaming side, they're facing an uphill battle where last generation PS3 versus 360 they dominated. This generation, they're fighting an uphill battle. PS4 is beating them. Um, looking at tablets and you know 
the iPad is still strong. There's Android Chromebooks out there. There's low cost like um, Lenovo and HP like transforming and you know yogas and you know a lot of convertible type devices and they've released the Surface. So and the Surface 3. You know, so the Surface Pro and the Surface 3. So that so they're they're entering that market trying to make their own uh, tablet, you know, ultra performant, you know, laptop replacement. Um, so they're entering that, doing manufacturing and doing the software and firmware for that. Um, they, they just they they've been juggling a lot of things. So you know, going back to the phone, I, I believe he said either in the keynote or after some of the interviews that instead of releasing a million different devices and and they they gave us like a rundown there's the article i read had like nokia had the 95 like the 930 which had a single sim the mm-hmm. 950 which had like a dual sim single band you know and then like the 960 which had like single sim gsm LTE, but in this market, well, yeah, those I, I see what you're saying. Those aren't quite the numbers, just for anybody who's a nit right, right, right. I, I, there, the but. numbers I'm making up, but they had like single SIM, dual SIM, single SIM with like multiple antennas, dual SIM with multiple antennas, single SIM on this channel, dual SIM on this channel, it's like just this weird array of like every possible price point from like eighty dollars, ninety five, a hundred, hundred and ten. And to make it worse, all of those devices aren't even available in all of the places they're wanted. So we'll take, it's like Microsoft has said, we'll take a few of these and put them in India. We'll take a few of these and put them in the US. We'll take a few of these and put them in Europe. And it's just been this hodgepodge of what the hell can I get and where can I get it? So what I've, what I read, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because you're probably following a little bit more closely. They're going to release two devices pretty much at each, at each tier, like entry level. Uh, Entry, business. And, business level and, and premium flagship. They're going to do a flagship phone. They're going to do a high-end feature phone, or not feature phone, but flagship phone that kind of is like the best of what they think a phone should be running Windows 10. And, and, and that's, that's what we're hearing in Microsoft, at least through Satya Nadella, has pretty much confirmed that. I mean, flat out said it. So we'll take that as confirmation. Um, you know, enterprise users are interested because they want security. Windows enthusiasts and loyalists want flagship phones, which they have not been able to get on Lumia for a good year or two now. If you remember back to the 1020, which had a 40 megapixel camera. Right. Um, the, 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 the 10 series was the high end. Right. So kind of phone. it, it or the looks 15, like. Was it like the 1530? Yeah. I think was? And that's the thing they have to streamline because it looks like our first flagships are going to be the 940 and the 940 XL. Um, they're called, I think, the Talkman and the Cityman, or what, that's their code names. But we're talking about flagship phones with iris scanners, um, so they can use Windows Hello, which is a feature that in Windows 10 automatically logs you in as soon as the camera sees you and recognizes you as you. Um, and we're also talking, by the way, and this is important, a, a, a price point for these flagship phones, for the premium users who want flagships, the price point there is going to be, what we're hearing now, is higher than... Samsung's or Apple's premium because Microsoft really wants a reference device just like they do with Surface, right? A Surface tablet for Microsoft is priced higher than uh, a similar tablet from HP or Lenovo or whoever because it's a reference design meant to be there early to show off what Windows can do. And they're going to do that with the flagship phones. But then again, remember, there's also the business category 
and uh, the value category. It looks like we're going to get one phone in each of those uh, approximately every six months or so. But I think the important thing to remember is we may get variants as well. So the 940 will likely be the first flagship phone. Uh, I'm hearing November. I could be wrong. That's just what I'm hearing. But, you know, I don't think they're going to count the 940 XL as a separate device. I think they'll count it as it's the 940. It's just a different screen size. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd heard October, November as well. But the the philosophy I heard behind this was exactly what you were saying. They want other people to make Windows phones. They don't want to be the only people making Windows phones. Right. They want, They want kind of like you said, the reference design thing. Again, their CEO but, has said if no one goes with them, they'll do it themselves, but well, uh, the, that's the, not the plan. The The CEO has changed the company dramatically. Dramatically. Um, you would never see Visual Studio Code, like for developers, um, be released uh, under previous CEOs. So they have kind of, you know, for Windows XP, Windows 7, even Windows 8 to a large degree, they went their own way. They're like, we're going to do our own thing. We don't care what the industry standards are doing. We don't care what the web standards are doing. We're just going to kind of do our own thing. And mm. Let me tell you one thing I really like about this, and I'm going to go on a tangent here for a moment, so just bear yeah, with yeah. me. It's one of my one of my sticking points. I uh, am I'm commonly quoted, I guess, as saying that I don't believe that a lot of people in this world anymore have what I call vision. I don't mean that they have sight, right? I'm not being, you know, against those who are blind or something. I mean mental vision of what the future can be, what type of actions we should take. And Sachin Adela seems to be exhibiting what I call this vision. And and case in point, when he was giving interviews recently, the Mary Jo Foley interview that I mentioned prior, he said things like, I bought Minecraft and I have decided in what I did in determining to make Windows 10 free. The buck stops at his desk. We know there's a whole team behind him, but he, you know, and Bill Gates is there coaching him still, but he is taking the liberty to take the reins of Microsoft and say, I am steering this ship, me, 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 without being selfish, but saying, listen, I'm the guy who's doing it. I'm in control and it's my team that gets all the success for making it work. But, and I just see that as such a vision. I know I'm on a tangent with that, but I, I do think He's one of the most insightful CEOs we have in the tech field or in the media field this day and no, age. I don't think that's vision. I think that's, I don't want to say authority, but responsibility. That, that, that's responsibility, that. not vision. It could be that. Maybe I see the vision in what he's so, saying, but how he's saying it, absolutely. The vision is what I'm seeing more on the developer side, I think. Um, like I was saying, Windows went its own way for a long period of time. We're going to do our thing. You're going to buy it. That's what it is. That led to the rise of Apple. That led to the rise of Google. That led to the rise of Chrome and Firefox and Android because people wanted something different or they wanted to do it their own way or they wanted to go with standards. You know, Chrome and Firefox grew out of support for web standards over IE. And that's why IE is such a joke now to most people because. It, it, it's not standards compliant. Well, well up until I8 right. or I9, it was not standards compliant. And people still have that perception, absolutely. Right. IE10 and 11 are much better. They, I, I, I 100% agree. They're much better. They're much more standards compliant. Edge is supposed to be that way as well. Um, what 
Satya Nadella has done is he's open sourced parts of the development environments. Like he's open sourced editors, like parts of Visual Studio are now free and run on Mac and Linux. Parts of .NET have been open sourced and are free and run on Mac and Linux. They want people to write apps for everything, for Mac, for Linux, for Windows, for phones, for Android. They showed off opening iOS, so iPhone uh, applications with Windows Visual Studio and compiling it into a Windows application. So they want other developers to come to their platform. They want their developers to go to other platforms. They don't want to be this walled, you know, castle that, you know, we have everything and you can't come in here. They're throwing open the gates and said, let's, let's work together. Let's share, let's collaborate. And it's different than the Microsoft of the past. Yeah. And if anybody doesn't know the history of Microsoft, or at least the recent history of Microsoft, they may listen to what you just said and say, yeah, well, it's common sense that of course they should do that. But if anyone does know the recent history of Microsoft going back, let's say 10, 15 years, maybe, maybe to 20, but 15 ish, uh, they're hearing what you say. And it's, I mean, your mind is exploding of, I can't believe that's Microsoft doing that, but it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's, let's kind of move on to one last thing here. Um, and I, I, this is a wild card because I don't know how you're going to respond. Uh, we've well, talked about it before, but I, I want to mention HoloLens. Well, before, before we go into HoloLens. Sure. Um, you going back to ecosystem for a minute they're making windows 10 their ecosystem they had different os's on phones they had some different hybrid os on xbox they had windows you know they're making one os to scale from their wind from their phones you wanted to say to rule them all you wanted to to scale no i didn't (laughs) They're, they're making one os to scale from a phone to a tablet to a desktop to a gaming system and I'm, I'm betting it's going to work in some way with their their uh, their wearables you know band and hololens because I've heard hololens hololens is really on, a Windows, Windows 10, 10 computer yeah. on your head and we've it's never Windows seen 10. anything like this before have we or am I am I wrong on that um you know uh, OS X Google has Glass. iOS as a counterpart uh, Android has Chrome as a counterpart uh, Google Glass was pretty much a phone with a screen on your face. No, no, I don't mean like HoloLens. I mean like a one, the ecosystem itself is one. Android. Thanks. It's the only one I would say that's anywhere close to it. Well, but there's also where, Chrome, right? Well, that's what I mean. Android and the Chromebook and the Android Wear on your phone or on your wrist, that is all running Android and you know, the Chrome that's running on Chromebooks is running on some version of Android. Now, are they running similar to how Microsoft's trying to do with Windows 10 and say, okay, it's all the same kernel, or is it more like how Windows XP no. used to run sideline with Windows CE? No, I, I think it's... So, Android at its heart is like a... It's like a little Linux. Right. Essentially. It, it, uh, well, it for, has, for, yeah. for lack of a better description, it's pretty much just... It boots Linux and then runs its little stuff, its, its OS. Um, I think that's a perfectly valid dis- description. Right, and, and Chrome books, their, their laptop OS, pretty much just connects to the web. Everything's web-based. 
<laughs> right. So it's not using that. It's right. it's just it's booting Linux and then like going into what the browser. Microsoft's trying to do. This is extremely ambitious. So we'll see if that pays off. Now, with uh, yeah, that's a big if, right? right. With Hololens, um, what what are some of your thoughts there? Um, all right. So I saw the keynote where they showed off Hololens. Um, I regularly play Minecraft. You know, I have my own Minecraft server at home, so I, you know, I was aware of the purchase of that. They're releasing a special Minecraft for Windows 10. They have Minecraft for Hololens, but my Hololens looked really cool. But I, I kept seeing there were caveats. They're like, it's not going to be what you saw. The people who tried it and the people putting on the demo were very much wanting me to wanting the reader and the viewer to be aware. The field of view of HoloLens is very limited right now. Like, you only see the hologram stuff when you look straight ahead through the little displays. If you if you look around, you don't see it. Like, um, it's almost like you got to have blinders on and look kind of straight ahead through the device. Yeah, to, that's a little unnatural, right? I mean, if somebody's looking, if you're as long as you're not driving, look ahead and then imagine looking over to your left or right. Yeah, right. just flick your eyes to the left or right. You won't see the holograms. But now do it while looking ahead and having to turn your head to do that. That's a very unnatural motion. Right. And that could be a concern. Um, but at least they are calling it V1 of the HoloLens. Right. And it also, surprisingly, I didn't know Microsoft was doing this, but it is also supposed to be just a reference design. Well, I'll admit, I have been so close to buying uh, Oculus, Oculus Rift dev kit like about four or five different times I've like had it in my shopping cart and we'll do it just know, so we can talk about it <laughs> been ready to hit buy like four or five times wow you are on the edge you're ready to do it yeah and I didn't do it because I knew the consumer version was coming and at this point they said it's coming January you know early 2016 so it'll, it'll have higher um, higher res screens and and better stuff but with Oculus, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting into. I'm putting a thing on my face, above my eyes, and everywhere I look, pretty much, because I did try the dev kit too. Everywhere I look is going to be um, the images, the 3D images. Like, so if I look ahead and I flick my eyes to the left or right, because the field of view is enough, I'll, I'll see the images. And then it has head tracking. So as I turn my head, both of those things together will be a very immersive experience. My concern is with HoloLens that I'm going to look around with my eyes and I'm not going to see the hologram. And I know I'm buying the Oculus Rift specifically for gaming. Uh, that's yeah, why HoloLens I'm, may not be your device then. That's why I'm buying it. Um, I don't envision coming home and hanging with my family on the couch and all of us putting on Oculus Rift and watching a movie that way instead of having a TV. Right. Or walking around the house with a headset on, even if it was like some sort of augmented reality, which is what HoloLens is. I can't, I don't see the use case for me. Yeah. But so many devices don't have a use case or the use case that they push is not the one that they finally settle on. No. And, and I think you're on a good point though, because everyone's Remember thinking Remember the original gaming. iPhone? The original smartphones, like it had a web browser and apps in an app store were not a thing. They didn't 
have the app store at the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, from the late 90s to uh, 2007 when the iPhone launched, all of the smartphones in that time, you sideloading was the only way to put an application on. Right, and um, even when the iPhone launched, it was music, calling, and web browsing, and the apps were just an afterthought, like that was not even really the thing. Right. And nowadays, apps are everything. Like, when it got in the hands of people, people figured out how they wanted to use it, not how it was designed or the use it was designed for, how they wanted to use it. So I think the only way to know what's going to happen with HoloLens is put it out there. There are going to be some people who will, you know, do the little basic things that Microsoft is like, here, here's what you can do. Play Minecraft with it. You can pin a movie to a wall. You can, you know, get notifications and stuff. Google Glass was kind of doing that with you can get notifications and get directions and, you know, whatever. But I think that there are going to be some people that try to push the boundaries and see what it can do. Oh, and sure. Some and of those people are, are going to hit it. And somebody, and you know, whether it's HP or just Lenovo. Just like with wearables. Yeah, somebody's going to take that reference design and build it. But, you know, what from my, from what Microsoft is saying, they're trying to hit the healthcare and the the 3D modeling and animation right. and those types of genres more than gaming. But right. we all know in the back of our mind that gaming is really going to be the killer app for something like this, at least for the immediate future. Correct. The The two examples I saw where they had a health student put on the HoloLens and they could look at a 3D body and separate out the layers to look at like the muscles and the, the bones and the organs, and they could walk around it. And the other use case I saw was like an architect. They could put it on and they can, you know, rotate and walk around and manipulate buildings and designs and, and, and look at it from different ways. So last question. Microsoft wants Windows 10 on 1 billion devices within the next one to two years. Does that happen? And if so, what does it mean? Um, I, I think it's... You got to look at the adoption rate of previous operating systems over time. I think you have to look at how it grows and how it changes. But do you think they can hit a billion? Uh, what's what's the current install base? And, and what's the average expected uh, PC sales over the next? I don't year particularly know the current install base. I want to say it's somewhere around one point five to two billion. I could be wrong on that by upwards of half a mil, half a billion on either direction. Um, so let's call it one and a half to two billion Windows devices. Um, and this being the first time that the upgrade is free. Um, I'm not uh, sure if they're going to hit it, but I think they're going to come close. I don't know if they'll hit it. Um, because <laughs> there's still some bank customers running XP. And that, Well, they're not going to come off. Those aren't internet-connected devices, right? Yeah, we, we know yeah. that's going to take some time. Let's see here. Um I, w I was just looking up an article. One guy thinks that there'll be about 350 million PCs the first year. That's going to be pretty rough for Microsoft if it's that low. Um, I don't know so if they, I agree with that, two gentlemen. two-thirds of people will do the upgrade in the first 12 months. Um, and I, So, how many people, well, just between you and me, how many people out there over 50 who are not technically savvy and are not power users are going to feel like, hey, yeah, let me just upgrade my whole computer. Not many. Um, that might be a scary thing. The counterpoint and to that is I am seeing a little bit of enterprise and company adoption of 
um, in my consulting and whatnot and my corporate training, hearing companies actually telling me for once, yes, we are upgrading to Windows 10. I didn't hear that about Windows 8. I didn't hear that about Windows 7. I didn't hear that about Vista. Um, I think the last time I may have heard that was Windows 2000. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm hearing, yes, we are moving every terminal to Windows 10. And I think that gives hope. But you're right. If, if you're, you know, 50, 60 years old, um, you may still be on the cutting edge of technology. And you're not old at that age. But um, do you really need to upgrade everything you have to, to get this new thing? Um, you may still be working on, uh, uh, you know, the last decade or two of your career. Or maybe you've retired a little bit early. And it's just not what you care about anymore. So, good point. Well, there's yeah. I mean, you're you're right. Let's separate the enterprise out for a second. Um, on the personal side, or you know, on the consumer side, um, people who bought Windows Seven probably stuck with Windows Seven. I mean, some there are there is a percentage that went up to eight because you know they like yeah. That's only a couple things. Yeah, it was only a um, couple hundred million. About I, I want to say right. three three hundred million or so. Because of the licensing deals with Microsoft, every time they sold the new PC after Windows 8 came out, there was a little bit of overlap where Windows 7 was still being sold, but a lot of the new machines being sold now have Windows 8. So all the new laptops out there nowadays all have Windows 8. It's really you can't find Windows 7 anywhere. Right. R- really. So when Windows 10 Windows 10 launches, all new devices after a certain point in time are going to be Windows 10. Like it might take three to six months it might take that first year but after that point pretty much everything will be windows 10 and i think microsoft is pushing the oems to make that a very short window right so you all new pc sales at a certain point will be windows 10 um you've got the people who did buy or upgrade to windows 8 or 8.1 and hate it that's right those people will probably jump to windows 10 in larger numbers than they jumped from 7 to 8 because of the fact that they didn't like what what changes were done with Windows 8. So I'm going to put my prediction out there. I think 500 million the first year, about 250 million the second year, and then it taking another 18 months to 36 months. Uh, that's a large window, I'm, I'm aware. Uh, but taking somewhere in between that time after the first two years to um, finally hit that billion. I don't think they're going to hit in two years like they want, but I think they'll get there in about year three or four. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now on the enterprise side, this is where things get interesting, I think, because especially when you get with larger companies, most larger businesses with hundreds of employees, um, you know, between 250 up to thousands, uh, usually have enterprise agreements with Microsoft. So when they sign an enterprise agreement, for the most part, if you have 500 users, you have 500 Windows licenses. A lot of them can just, you know, re-up at the end of the year you know oh we got rid of five people you know we only have to pay for 495 um those pretty much let you use the latest version of the os so there's no licensing reason why you wouldn't go up in some cases right uh just it would just be software are legacy you going software to standardize training. our company on this new thing how long is it going to take us to wipe them all reinstall them all how long is it going to take us to train the people on the new thing to do the stuff they used to do and those are the big two cost categories deployment and training deployment and training so we'll 
we'll see what happens with that. Chris, it's been great talking to you. Let's go ahead and wrap this up for now, and we'll uh, we'll be back, and uh, I'll have you back on in a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll pick up a new topic. Sounds good. All right, we'll see how Windows 10 does. Maybe we'll be talking about it pretty soon. Thank you for listening to Multi-New Media. This episode is coming to an end, but the conversation is just beginning. Visit us online at multinewmedia.com. Click on this episode's page, and chat with us in the comments section. If you'd prefer to email us, send a message to feedback at multinewmedia.com. Or, connect with us via social media on Facebook and Twitter. Visit multinewmedia.com community. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all for this week. Until next week, take care.